0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I love baseball, except for when the Reds play a game like they did on Tuesday night, and then I hate baseball.
1: You are Locked On Reds.
0: Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are so glad you are here joining us for another round of baseball talk. I'm Steve Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. Most days, like Jeff said, we have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game and our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. I want to thank. All you folks that listen to us every day, if you're an everydayer let us know, get in the comment section, hit us up on Twitter. We want to talk baseball with you. We love talking baseball. That's for sure. On today's podcast, the Reds wasted another beautiful start from Graham Ashcraft and let a very, very, very winnable game get away causing many of us, you, me, Jeff, all of us to feel our feelings. Uh, We're going to have to get the frustration out today, Jeff, because we need to take a look at a lot of those things that are happening right now with this Reds lineup that are causing us this frustration. But as frustrated as we are, there is help on the way it's happening And we are excited. We're going to get into who and why coming up in a little bit. But before we get to all that good stuff, before we get to some of that excitement, we really need to spend some time, Jeff, and break down what exactly went wrong uh, last night against the Cleveland Guardians, because it was not the best effort the Reds have put forward. And it really spoiled a beautiful outing from Graham Ashcraft.
0: No, and, and look, sometimes it's just not your day. And sometimes it's just the fact that the Reds can't hit lefties right now, which I want to get into in a minute. But, I mean, talk about a tough look for the sun, right? I mean, for 30 seconds. The sun was not out yesterday, Steve. I know you live in Hawaii, and it's all beautiful, and the sun, and it's very nice, and all this other stuff. But (laughs) Tuesday, August 15th, in Cincinnati, Ohio, was gloomy, kind of rained a little bit. There was a bit of a mist in the air. really wasn't that nice a day to go outside. It cleared up around game time, which was nice, but it was still cloudy. Except for five minutes in the first inning, the top of the first, the Sun decided the main target of its UV radiation was going to be the left and right eye of Spencer Steer. And it didn't matter if he had some sort of space-age amazing sunglasses on. He was never going to see that ball. And the annoying part about that whole thing is that five minutes later, if that ball would have come at him in that same manner, would have been an out. It wouldn't even have been a run. The Reds would have gotten out of the first inning. Graham Ashcraft would have gotten out of the first inning unscathed. And then for, for that to be the difference in the ball game just sets off the frustrations from there
1: It really was the difference in the ball game, and you know, I mean, we can we can wonder aloud if Ramirez has some voodoo magic and is able to control the (laughs) weather. First game back after knocking out Tim Anderson. Right? I don't think uh, I don't think that that's exactly the case. But yeah, look, Spencer Steer was in a a hard spot, and I know we've talked before about he's learning the outfield. He's not a true left fielder. He has some growing pains. None of this was his fault. There was really nothing else that he can do. And if you got the sunglasses jokes, we went double check. He had his shades he on. Did, he did. So he did everything that he could do in order to be able to catch that ball. But, it, you know, I've been we, you and I, Jeff, we've been in that left field area in the ballpark, doing some things down there. The sun does shine in in such a way that it's hard to see when you're in left field. So there was really nothing Spencer Steer could do. I think for me though, Jeff, as frustrating as that was, I was frustrated before this game ever even got underway. I was frustrated when the lineups came out because of course, after all the things we had to say yesterday, David Bell, bats Kevin Newman. Leadoff, <laughs> lead and, and I Straight know, I know before you get at me in the comment section, I know he made a great defensive play. I know that he had a hit in the bottom of the first inning uh, in typical anti locked on Reds fashion. Whatever we say, the guy goes out and does the
0: opposite. Tyler Stevenson. He had a hit too. Yeah. And Tyler Stevenson
1: <laughs> had a hit as well. So clearly they're listening and trying to show us up and and I'm good with that. But just looking starting there with Kevin Newman and then looking down this lineup, there are a lot of guys in this lineup. And I just I don't understand the value of it, even if you're trying to play righty lefty matchups.
0: Yeah. And that's the the hard part for me is, you know, people wanted to blame David Bell. Like, oh, it's a terrible idea. Every single manager in Major League Baseball does this. Every single team does this. And I don't know that I hate the idea. I hate the pieces that he had to work with. Because I think if the if the team is healthy, that makes sense. If the team has bona fide right-handed hitters, it makes sense. But in what world should a contending playoff baseball team, a team that has October aspirations, have a third of their lineup be Henry Ramos, Stuart Fairchild, and TJ Hopkins. I'm sorry, that's not cutting it. And I think at some point, you just got to say, you know what? I know Will Benson's kind of unproven. He didn't have that many at-bats in in in, in my estimation against left-handed pitchers, but I know that he's unproven against left-handed pitchers. Uh, T.J. Friedel's actually hit lefties pretty well. He
1: has. We talked about this yesterday.
0: Why not just let those guys go? And I can even understand, because we have been advocating, at least when the roster was healthy, th- to leave Joey off the lineup against the left-handed pitcher but even that I think I still would rather see him than a, a Ramos or a, or a um Fairchild. And I know I just advocate, Hey, let's see a little bit more Ramos, but we, I think we, we kind of have an idea as to where this is going to end up. And they were just outclassed by Logan Allen yesterday, which he's had an okay season for a rookie, but come on. It's not the second coming of Cy Young.
1: Oh no, he's no, he earned himself some votes, Jeff. 6 innings, 7 strikeouts, <laughs> 3 walks, no earned runs. He 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 did the thing. He did what needed to be done. This Reds lineup has once again gone silent and the struggles continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and, and what they were doing earlier in the season when they were scoring runs in bunches, they were they were getting back to back hits, three hits, four hits in a row. Get Old school baseball, get them on get them over, get them in so that guys could steal bases and take advantage of their speed and do all of the things. That's gone away. They're still getting some hits. Cleveland only had one more hit than the Reds in the game last night. The The Guardians almost said the other name. The Guardians had seven hits to the reds six the difference is you know they cleveland came out firing on all cylinders three in a row they get a a lead runner on then ramirez takes advantage of the weather patterns and and ends up at second base runners on second and third and then calhoun comes up with the big two rbi double Uh, and then bam you're in business and in a game that ended up being a pitcher's duel that was really all they needed this game was over after the sun came out
0: and I think it's underscoring a struggle that the Reds have really been having here recently. And, and I look back, I go back to July 1st, because even in June, they weren't that great against left-handed pitching, but really since the month of July, they have struggled. When you match up the Reds against left-handed pitching since July 1st, they're 22nd in Major League Baseball in batting average against lefties. They're 21st in uh, weighted runs created plus, which is basically just another stat like OPS plus. They have been 86, 14% below league average total. They're 21st in major league baseball against lefties. They're 20th in strikeout percentage against lefties at 23.3% of the time. They're swinging and missing against these lefties. And then slugging percentage, something that they've excelled at ever since Ellie and Matt McClain came up as a team, 391. That's Slugging percentage. They they can't
1: hit him. Let lefties kill them right now. And I and I don't know what's what the right answer is. I, I keep coming back to as long as your lineup of right-handed hitters is built with those guys we've been talking about. I mean, we talked about Ramos a little bit as far as maybe giving him a look while guys are injured. But we Batting also I, fifth, I, I, yeah. just, I can't. We and we also said that really. We were honest about it when we talked about this yesterday, though, Jeff. Yeah, We think we used his minor league numbers. He's probably a 4A player type of guy. Same with Stuart Fairchild. He's a 4A type of player guy. Do we know what we have in Hopkins? We don't know yet. I didn't have as big a problem having him out there playing right field and and batting way down in the lineup. No problem with that. But just replace those two guys. You take Ramos out. You take Fairchild out. You start Friedel. You start Benson. That allows you to move Steer onto the infield to play third base. You set Newman down and it's a whole different lineup now because maybe Will Benson doesn't get a big hit, but I know what he does know how to do. He knows how to work a walk and he may have been able to get on base to set up somebody else. Same with TJ Friedel. He may not have got on base, but he can drop a bunt, he can use his speed, he can be a disruptor and he can maybe set up things for somebody else. That's the element that's missing right now. And that's why I'm so frustrated because there were better options that you don't have to be, you know, look, numbers are great. The analytics are great. That's why David Bell was hired in the first place. But every once in a while, when the situation dictates, you need to move away from that. And this was the biggest situation dictating that you needed to move away from that. This was still a very, very winnable
0: game. Yeah. And I, I almost wonder, and this is something, you know, we're hammering it right now because they, they loaded up the light, the, the lineup with righties, but would we be hammering them if they kept it with lefties and they still got killed?
1: probably not because we would realistically look at, I mean, what would you have done differently? You know, that's the question. I know a lot of people want to be frustrated with things that Nick crawl does. They want to be frustrated at things that David bell does. But when you come like me, if you come at me in the comment section or you come at me on Twitter and you want to talk baseball or in discord and you say, this was terrible. Come tell me what you would have done different because you know, then now you're getting somewhere. There was nothing to do different. There was this, the lineup would have been no worse off. If you just started the regular guys and, and hope that they, they had some success against the left-handed pitcher,
0: yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. It's just man, lefties are killing the Reds right now, and they gotta they gotta figure out something. But Steve, speaking of figuring out something, there was a play in this game that has us wondering: should Ellie De La Cruz rein in his base running? We'll discuss. Coming up next. Okay, Locked On Reds Every I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat about sports in real time. Go to the Apple App Store today and download Bunches now or check out the link down in the description of today's podcast. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On MLB fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat. The Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches and open to you. If you follow the link down in our description here today, there's a great way to connect with other baseball fans, chat about your favorite team, and keep up with all the latest MLB news. Chat about your team every day. Bunches links you with Fans from the Guardians, fans from other NL Central teams, fans from teams we don't even play that often. Check them out today. Download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click on the link in the description to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. That's Bunches in the Apple App Store or follow the link in our description. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? And thanks, everybody, for listening and watching Lockdown Reds every single day. Every dayers coming up on tomorrow's show, how high can Andrew Abbott rise on the Rookie of the Year voting ranks? We'll see what he does against the Cleveland Guardians, and we'll speculate wildly about the future. Also, remember, if you can't get down to Great American Ballpark for tonight's action, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. All right, Steve, uh, this game was frustrating for a myriad of reasons. The Reds not hitting lefties was the biggest one for me. The Sun, I mean, really, are we going to complain about the Sun? We joked about that at the top. I mean, it's hard to complain about that. There is a play here, though. I feel like the Reds were building some momentum. They had uh, McLean and Ellie on base. You have McLean on second, Ellie on uh, first. And he had Spencer Steer up and Spencer Steer hits a fly ball to right field. It's caught McLean tags and advances to second. The the play for me though, is very strange because you have the fastest man in major league baseball on first base, the fastest sprint speed of anybody. He covers 30 and a half feet per second. I don't know that I want him running on a fly ball to
1: right field where he's running to second base no that was the wrong that was the wrong call that was the wrong thing for him to do and listen i understand and i've said this before this season jeff because people get worked with the stolen bases and the and the caught stealings right if you're going to have a team that's running if you like the stolen bases you have to be willing to accept the caught stealings most situations this is a little bit different for any other player I can understand how you maybe want to try and get into scoring position and you maybe want to try and help it along to recover some of the runs. But in order to score from second base, most Major League Baseball players need a gap shot. They need something in the alleys to left or to right to be able to get from second to home on the play. Ellie doesn't really need that. Because he can do it from first to home. So it really (laughs) wasn't that advantageous for him to try to get to second base anyway. If he had been the lead runner and trying to make something happen, that's a different story. But because he was the trail runner, I just don't think it mattered. He could have waited till the next pitch and stole the base and not drawn a throw. He he lacked situational awareness. And I said this in the Discord server in real time while it's happened. I was watching the game in there with all those guys over there today, or over there yesterday. And that's exactly what I said. He lacked situational awareness situational awareness. And I think that someone, one of the coaches, whoever's in charge of the running game may need to set Ellie down and start to preach those aspects of the game. He's very young. He's still learning. And you know, in that moment, I'm sure all of those scenarios didn't run through his head. And, and they need to help get him to a place where they do, because really he could have potentially run them out of a run. And, it, you know, it didn't work out that way. But if he doesn't make that out and he's still on base and then he steals second, you never know what's going to happen. We've seen him create chaos. It yeah. could have happened. And he and he took that away from the Reds. He took that opportunity away by making a poor decision.
0: Speaking of which, if you want to join our in-game chat on the Discord, we've got a link down in the description of today's episode. We'd love to have you on the Lockdown Reds Discord group. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of with you because in most cases, 99% of the time, I want Ellie to run because he's going to force the defense to have to make a perfect play. And even in this moment, I thought, boy, he's really forcing this guy to make a perfect throw. But when you watch that replay, it's not a perfect play. In fact, the way that the guy throws it, it looks very awkward. It looks very rushed. And the way that the second baseman catches it, he has to reach up to grab it and then bring down the tag. He brings the tag straight down. There's a lot of this that I look at and I say, I think next year, Ellie either does not run or has a different slide because he slid straight into second base. Maybe if he's sliding to one side of the base or the other, he forces the second baseman to move in a way that he misses the ball. I don't know. There's a lot about that that I think changes as Ellie matures. And as Ellie matures, this is just showing you he's going to be so freaking good because he's so fast. He's so athletic. He can make so many plays now when his feel for the game isn't quite fully there and i i feel like that is a case that in the years to come he doesn't extend he doesn't try to be the trail runner that moves to second on that play he stays at first and maybe a pitch or two later he's stealing second or on the very next hit hopefully it's a hit uh then he scores from first because dude is just so dynamic from wherever he is on the base paths and the the main takeaway with any thought on should ellie run or should he not is ellie on base way better than ellie not
1: on base no absolutely and, and listen uh he could be disruptive i just feel like there were many better choices in that scenario mm-hmm. where he could have still been disruptive i think it's a whole different at bat for how Whoever came next, Spencer Steer, right? He hit the fly ball. Oh, it was
0: Christian Encarnacion Strand. Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, no, no, no. And, I'm sorry. Wilson Ramos. or uh, 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 um, Henry,
1: Henry Ramos. good yeah. grief. All right. So it would have been a different at bat because the pitcher would have been having to pay attention to Elliot at first. But, you know, he would have been in scoring position had he been successful. And that leads us to what really is the underlying problem with this yes. Reds team right now. And that is not hitting with runners in scoring position.
0: Yeah. 0 for on Tuesday night. Now there's a little bit of a r- relative questioning of they were over four. So need more chances overall, but over four since August 1st, these two weeks into August, very bad with runners in scoring position. They're 18th in major league baseball with a two thirty nine batting average, Steve. They've only got 33 RBIs and they've got 30 strikeouts with runners in scoring position over the last two weeks. That's the sixth, the most strikeouts in baseball with runners in scoring position. The other thing for me, and they're actually not that bad when it comes to slugging, they're top 10 in the league, but 3.11 on-base percentage. That means they are making way too many outs when you when you compound that with the fact that they have 30 strikeouts, they're making unproductive outs. So not only are they running them or you know they're they're not hitting themselves into runs, but they're also not giving themselves that opportunity. How many times have we looked back, and, and I constantly say, you know, as much as we hate the Cardinals, we would love the Reds to be the Cardinals. The Cardinals of the past, the way that they won games wasn't just because they strung a 1,000 hits together. It's because they had that guy on third, they hit into a force out, and they still got the, the run home. Get that run home. Get the guy over. Get him in however you possibly can. You're never going to do that if you strike out.
1: Yeah, these numbers, Jeff, say exactly what you would expect them to say for a team that has multiple minor leaguer slash 4A players in the lineup at any given time. And that's really where we're at right now. And that's because of the injuries. That's because India's out. That's because Fraley's out. That's because guys are hurt. And it's just, you know, they're a little thin. And this is this is the result of that. But the the in the grand scheme of things, what all this adds up to, Jeff, is that they wasted a gem from Graham Ashcraft. And Graham Ashcraft is good. Graham Ashcraft again, he's figured some things yes, out in this game. Seven innings pitched, three earned runs allowed. Two of those came on the sunshine play. Seven <laughs> hits, two Ks, two base on balls. And I'm okay with this low strikeout total. Uh, he threw 102 pitches in this game. Uh, some of his innings not very pitch efficient. His third inning was great which saved him. That's what allowed him to be able to pitch into the seventh was that third inning, but he's, he's not striking guys out, but he's getting the outs and he's not walking a ton of, of guys. He's not giving a bunch of free passes, seven innings, two walks. I can live with that. Uh, So this was great. This was his third straight start of at least seven innings, Jeff.
0: You got to love that. You got to love the the longevity. What were we begging for in the month of June? Even though the Reds were doing well, starting pitching was not helping. They were barely going five innings in most cases. He has three straight starts of at least seven innings. Eight of his last nine, he's gone six innings or more. Plus, you add, you add on top of that, even the, the one start that he didn't go six innings, I think it was five and two-thirds, He hasn't allowed more than three runs in a start, Steve, since he returned from the IL in June. We're talking June 24th. He got shelled. That was his first start back off of that injured list stint that he had in June. But ever since then, he has been reliable Graham Ashcraft. He has been good Graham. And we have been absolutely
1: uh, just amazed with what he has put out on the mound every fifth day. Yeah, pitching deep into games and not allowing a lot of runs. That's what this rotation needs right now. And as it's frustrating, what bullpen as,
0: needs too. Exactly,
1: yeah. for sure. Because as frustrating as Tuesday was down at the ballpark, uh, there is help coming. There's some good news, and help is on the way. Uh, maybe some more guys that can pitch deep into games and not allow a lot of runs. We'll tell you what's happening to bolster the big league ball club right after this. Today's episode is brought to you in part by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. eBay Motors understands that. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to the My Garage section and then look for that green check to know that the part will fit. It will fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply. Remember that if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. You can also follow this podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Also, join our community on Discord. There's a link down in the description. We have a great time over there talking baseball with you. We hope you can join us. All right, Jeff, help is on the way. Namely, help for the starting rotation because, as you said, the bullpen needs the help. Uh, It's nice to see starting pitchers going deeper into the games. And Hunter Green made his final rehab start down in Louisville last night. Hunter Green went five and a thirds innings pitch, Jeff. One hit, one run. It was not earned. Nine strikeouts, three walks. Uh, Hunter Green's ready to come back to Cincinnati. Those are beautiful numbers.
0: And and the way that he was able to, he was pitching against Iowa, so he's pitching against the Cubs' AAA ball team. And the way that he was able to just dominate hitters. And and seeing that stat line, I did see a couple of highlights. Everything looked crisp in those highlights. Now, I'm sure, you know, highlights really aren't going to include bad pitches. But what I saw looked phenomenal. And, yes, we keep hearing reports he's going to be back August 20th, August 20th. We keep hearing that date, which would put him five days out, which means this is his last rehab start. Assuming he wakes up tomorrow, everything feels good. His next bullpen, everything feels good. We'll see him back in Cincinnati on Sunday against the blue Jays. And that is huge because we've been talking about it and and there's been plenty of people in the comments, letting us know y'all keep talking about Hunter green coming back. When's it going to happen? Guess what this week?
1: Yeah, I watched several of his rehab starts, Jeff. And the last one that I really sat down and watched, uh, I talked about on the show. I think that was the last time we actually talked about how he was progressing. And what I saw that day was the breaking stuff was crisp and looking good, but his fastball wasn't there yet. He was throwing in the mid-90s. He wasn't really blowing guys away. Last night in his start, I saw him touch 99, 100 on the radar gun multiple times. The fastball is ready. Uh, Five and a third's innings. I think that's a a good spot for him to be in right now as far as being stretched out with the time off. Uh, If he comes up to the big leagues, gives five or six as he builds back up for a potential postseason run, that is beautiful. Uh, I look forward to having him back in the big leagues for sure. He's not the only guy down in Louisville on a rehab assignment. And I want to make mention of TJ Antone because we've wondered if TJ Antone was going to be something for the Reds bullpen this year. If he was going to be able to get back and really help bolster a bullpen that needs some bolstering. Uh, TJ Antone also pitched last night, Jeff. He pitched an inning, allowed a run on two hits. Blown save in the game. He's not quite there yet. He doesn't look completely dialed in. Uh, His ERA down there during this rehab starts six plus. I think he's approaching seven. So he needs a little bit more work. Does that mean we won't see him? No, it doesn't. Uh, I think it'll be September, though. I don't think that TJ Anton is going to rejoin this bullpen in the next two weeks. I think he needs a little bit more work. Uh, But there is still some more help coming because also making a rehab start last night. Nicodolo was transferred from Arizona to Chattanooga. He started for the lookouts. He was supposed to pitch two innings in this game, but he was dealing. He instead went three, allowing zero hits, zero runs, striking out six while only walking two.: I think I can count to zero.
0: yeah. Just did it. That's awesome. Six strikeouts and three innings. And that's something, and and we were kind of talking about this off air when we were prepping, like, when a guy is slated to throw two innings and he only throws maybe like an inning and a third, that's when you're a little bit worried. When he throws more, that's a good thing. And now he's still got three, four starts left in him in his rehab where he's not going to be up at the same time that Green is. But could he be up in about, you know, two weeks, 17 days? Probably so. I mean, we could see him back and in, in this rotation by the end of August and you're talking about a September with a healthy Hunter Green, a healthy Nick Lodolo, a healthy Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Rabbit, Brandon Williamson. Let's go, baby. We ain't worried about Luke Weaver every fifth day anymore because that is beautiful to see. And he's doing it in Chattanooga because when Hunter Green started, he was in Arizona in his first rehab stint. So I think that it's important to see kind of, you know, I mean, obviously these guys outclass a double A lineup and really outclass a triple A lineup as well. But for them to show it, I mean, three innings pitched to six strikeouts for a guy who's just starting his rehab shows you how much outclassing he can do to a double A lineup. And that is what he
1: should look like. Yeah, I would fully expect him to make at least one more start in Chattanooga. I think right now it's less about the results on the field, and they were great. And it's yeah. more about how his body responds to the additional pitches, right? So they're going to start building up his pitch count, goes, gonna, yeah. how the leg feels, how the arm feels. I think another start for the Lookouts. if that goes well, then I think two starts for uh the bats in louisville and then we could see him back in cincinnati three additional starts from now which lines up with the timeline you just said approximately two weeks And and everyone's wondering,
0: okay, where are the Reds going to be at by the time these guys are up here? If they can continue to kind of tread water here, I mean, the Reds are getting into a part of their schedule. Is it tough? Yeah, they've got plenty of tough teams on the docket, but they also have a lot of off days in September. If they're able to kind of maneuver all of that, they're going to be able to set themselves up very nice for a late season run. And dare I bring this up because I hate remembering this, but in 2021, all the Cardinals needed to be was kind of close. And sure, it took an crazy winning streak to do it, but the Reds can kind of put together a few winning streaks back to back that maybe are buoyed by a few losses that I still think would get the job done. We're talking about a possibility of a wild card here. They're still only four games out of the division. So I I really think that this is something that they can do so long as they tread
1: water because reinforcements are on the way. That's right. There's a lot of baseball left. The Reds are still relevant, and it's mid-August. It's an exciting time to be following the Cincinnati Reds. And on that happy note, that's probably where we'll go ahead and wrap it up for today. But before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds.
0: That will wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Just how high can Andrew Abbott finish in the rookie of the year voting? I think a start against the Cleveland Guardians can help out that resume. But Steve, until that episode, what can people expect from you and me?
1: Well, you and I are going to continue to monitor what's going on down in Louisville and Chattanooga. We're going to be watching these rehab assignments. We're going to be digging through the numbers. We're going to be gathering up all that information and bringing it back right here to keep you Locked On Reds every single day. Can Spencer Steer wear two pairs of
0: sunglasses?
1: (laughs) Blackout. Blackout curtains.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.